Okay. I'll grow up. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship at Trinity. This is our second week in our global outreach conference. And uh, the theme of our conference is the changing face of missions. And so uh, we are going to embody that illustration with the changing face of the pastor as well. Uh, we are glad to have you here. A day to celebrate what God is doing through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. And it is certainly uh, an encouragement to us in our faith as we look upon and get a chance to hear from our missionaries and hear what they're doing, uh, knowing that when they're in the field, it can feel at times a very lonely place where we are pushing a boulder up a hill, a very steep and large hill. But uh, they're not alone in doing that, right? We want to get behind them, we want to encourage them, we want to support them. Uh, and so just getting a chance to hear from them not only informs us on how to pray for them, but also how our hearts can join with them in desiring God's best for the people that they're working with. And so we are excited to have Rick and Myla Berry here with us this morning. They're serving in the Philippines, and we'll get to hear from Rick later on this morning. Uh, again, this is a time that God has set apart for us to worship, to pour out our hearts before God, to praise him and celebrate what he is doing, to be excited for the work of the gospel. And so I'm glad to have you here, excited for what God has in store for us today in our time of worship. For those of you online, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper together in the service, so certainly take a moment to, uh, to, to, to get your elements together and uh, join us for the service later on. And we will be glad to, to, uh, to, to share in that special time of fellowship and communion together. As we, as we enter into this time, I wonder if you'll allow me to lead us in a time of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much that, that you are a God who desires to be with your people. Lord, you love us. Even if we have a hard time believing that, that truth remains solid and objective. Your love is steadfast and true, even in those moments when we doubt when we question, when we allow worry or fear to overcome us. And yet, Lord, this time of worship is a time to be reminded of your truths, of what you've declared, of what you have said, of who you are. And that's who we've come to spend time with this morning as a, a church family, as, as your body. And so, Lord, we pray you would be glorified this morning as we, as we celebrate the mission that you have given your people, that we would be witnesses to the ends of the earth of what Jesus has come to do and who he is and what our hope lies in in the future. So Lord, may you be glorified this morning as we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, why don't you stand and sing with us this morning? dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy. Come to the table, he will satisfy. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. For God's so the world that he gave us 
cross, Jesus is waiting there with open arms. For God so loved the world that He gave us, His one and only Son to save us. Whoever believes in Him will live forever. For God so loved, God so loved the world. Praise God, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, praise Him, for the wonders of His love.
You know, we're here for a purpose this morning, right? I mean, if we're here to go through the motions, then very realistically speaking, we're kind of wasting our time. But we're here because we believe in a God who transforms lives, who changes people from the, the inside out. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. God changes lives. Jesus says in Matthew 7, you will recognize them by their fruits. He's talking about false prophets and false teachers. He says, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. So I think sometimes when we think about religion, we think about all the things we're supposed to do to, to kind of make sure we fit in with the community. Do we look like we're behaving as a Christian should behave? Are we, are we acting and speaking like a Christian? But the reality is what God calls us to is to be a, a healthy tree that bears good fruit. And that requires a God who is able to work in our inmost being and transform us from the inside out. And that's the God we believe in this morning. That, that God changes us. That he is able to make a way even when we think that we are beyond hope. That, 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 we, are, that, that, that we are unchangeable. That we are stubborn. That we are hard-hearted. God can replace a heart of stone with a heart of flesh. In fact, he's promised to do that. Amen. What we believe matters. In a few moments, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. It's a very important uh, exercise, very important uh, celebration that we do as a church family. When we come to the, the table that, that Jesus instituted on the night that he was betrayed, and we remember his death. We remember that he not only defeats death, but that he rises to life, and with him, we too rise to life. That that newness of life is something we share in with him as we share in his death. But that's not something we just do haphazardly or without thought. And so this morning, the worship team has, has planned a time where we can enter into this time prayerfully and intentionally, where we can pay attention to that work that God wants to and is doing in our inmost being so that we're not, grapes, or we're, we're not trying to gather grapes from, uh, from uh, thorn bushes, but so that we can allow God to be that vineyard inside of us that we're clinging to so that he might bear the good fruit of healthy fruit, the grapes in our lives. And so we're going to invite you to, to spend some time thinking on that before we celebrate the Lord's Supper. But before even that, we want to take a few moments to recite together as a community of faith what we believe and, and what we believe specifically as recorded for us in the Apostles' Creed. So would you take a moment, and as we read these words, let's not just read them because we're going to read them together, but, but if you have the opportunity to, think on these words. If there's a word or a phrase that we recite this morning that, that connects with you, that grabs your attention, that, that sits funny in your heart, think on these words even beyond our time of worship. Today. I encourage you to go back to it. You can, you can look it up online, the, the Apostles' Creed, and, and think about that word or phrase that's grabbing our attention. But, but let's affirm the truth of what we believe together this morning. Let's say it together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Into Ooh, like Pastor Dan said, we're going to invite you into a time of just prayer and reflection. And um, the song that I'm about to sing, it's in Spanish. And so some of you may not understand the words, um, but the words will be on the screen. And the reason why I wanted to bring this song before you all, um, the text of it, the song is called Like a Perfume at Your Feet. And like we're talking about being changed from the inside out, you know, that um, when we encounter God, it really is this life-changing, life-altering, not just moment, but process, right? It's for our whole lives, um, this refining and perfection. And um, the song really is pulled from the story in the Bible where Jesus is eating dinner with um, a Pharisee. And this woman comes in off the street, and it says in Scripture that everyone knew she was a sinner. And so, like, I don't know what that looks like, that from the outside, people just knew that, like, oh, yeah, she's bad. Like, she's a sinner. Um, but she approaches Jesus and brings this ointment, this perfume, and ends up washing his feet with her tears, the perfume, and then dries it with her hair, dries his feet with her hair. And it's such an act of humility and reverence and worship um, and sacrifice, like so many different things that she just like lays this at Jesus' feet. And this song is saying, I want my life to be like that. I want my life to be that sweet perfume that I lay at Jesus' feet. And Jan, as we were talking this morning, Jan said, she was like, you know what's really cool to me about that is that as she's wiping his feet with her hair, she's getting some of that perfume back. She is transformed through that interaction. She's going to walk away smelling like that, right? People are going to smell her on the street and be like, ooh, wow, she smells good, you know? And so as we encounter Jesus, like we walk away different than how we started. Um, and so... Whether the words are easily understandable to you or they're not, the Holy Spirit is the same. And so let him speak to your heart as we, as we sing this and like take the time to really pray and open your heart to the Lord. Um, communion is a big deal. We should come to communion with a sense of um, awe and respect and gratitude. And um, our hearts should be in a certain place when we take communion. And so take the time this morning to really do the work with the Lord. Cuando pienso en tu amor y en tu fidelidad, no puedo hacer más que postrarme a adorar. Cuando pienso en cómo he sido, hasta dónde me has traído, me asombro de ti. No me quiero conformar. 
gifted us not just life in Christ, but your love, your faithfulness, your forgiveness, your compassion. Lord, we are a people who are rich because you have given us the inheritance through Jesus Christ that you desire to give us. Lord, this morning, may we think on that. May we remember that. May that seep into the very core of our being and transform us from the inside out. Thank you for loving us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, is a place where we come together and be reminded of the fact that we have been forgiven, that we have been given new life. But the manner in which that comes to us is through the death and resurrection of Jesus. In Romans, Paul says that if we have died with Christ, we will raise to life with Christ. And so as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we think on that. 
It's a place where we are reminded that that we have died with Christ, that our old self, our sinful self, has been put to death in Christ. And our hope is the promise that we will be raised to new life in Christ as well. And so this morning, we come to the table, and, and we think on that night. And we remember the night that Jesus was betrayed. We remember it as a night that he spent time with his closest disciples, and where he instituted the celebration of the Lord's Supper. We're, we're told that uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for your love and your grace, for your compassion and mercy. Lord, we confess that we don't believe to be deserving of your compassion and your mercy. And yet you give it freely through sending your son to bear the, the, the weight of the sins of the world and to die on the cross to satisfy the wrath of God. And instead of being clothed with the rags of our sins, Lord, we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. So that when you look upon us, you don't see our brokenness, which we, uh, which we try to cling to and hold on to or, or have a hard time letting go of. You see the righteousness of your son, Jesus. Father, help us to see ourselves the way you see us through Christ. Help us to live into the reality that we have been brought into through the work of the Holy Spirit regenerating us and giving us new life, new birth in the family of God through Jesus' death and resurrection. May we go out from here today basking in the glow of that truth, of that reality. Lord, fill our hearts to to overflowing with that gratitude as we celebrate you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, kids, you are dismissed for Sunday school. Who's ready for Sunday school? You are, right? Yes, you are. Woohoo! Have some fun. And as the kids make their way downstairs, I want to take a moment just to introduce to you our guest speaker this morning. 
Rick Berry has been serving in the Philippines, and uh, through COVID, they have learned to pivot, not just in continuing to do their ministry there in, in the Philippines, but learning to do, uh, he and Mila learning to do ministry both there in the Philippines, but also back home here in the States. Uh, and uh, so we are excited because this is one of those couples that we are praying for, that we are excited to see uh, and hear from. So would you welcome Rick Berry to come and share with us this morning? <laughs> wow, thank you. All right. I don't know about you, but I've been blessed already. Wow, what a wonderful service. The music, the prayers, the things that have happened already. I feel the Holy Spirit here, and I hope you do as well. As Pastor said, I'm Rick Berry, and the woman sitting in the second row is my wife, Myla. And although, yes, please, I, I get the honor of being up front, but in life, she's right beside me. Uh, I mean, even this week, I'm reminded she's a Filipina. Uh, when she speaks very good English, you may not know that. She, she could be Spanish. She could be lots of different things, but she is... 100% Filipina, and that is such a great thing that God put us together. Uh, we'll go into the changes in my life and our, our relationship and what's happening, but, but one story this week, there's a group in a different city than we live that wants to do outreach through art, art to special needs students, and I was useless to help set that up, but her 25 years with the Department of Education, 22 years as a principal, she could really help them. So that's just an example to me that although you're going to hear my words, I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for my wife. So I just want to... I'm getting older and she's getting more beautiful. So, so she helps me stay hopeful. But the reason for our hope is not our wives or our children or our jobs or anything else. It's Jesus. So 1 Peter 3.15. I believe it's behind me. I'm only going to read one verse. Open it in your Bible if you would like. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always prepare to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. First thing that jumps out at me, jumps out at me as I read this is it doesn't say share our talent, share our experience, our theology, or anything else that we on our own can develop and learn. The most important thing we have is a surrendered heart. And how wonderful we've already heard that at least twice today. But about a year ago, I know my heart was broken. Myla and I were walking down a street in Bangkok. And my wife loves to shop. We were looking for bargains. It was about 5.30 in the afternoon and the, lots of smells and lots of good things and color and all everything was going on. And we said, oh, what's, going, what's down this alley? So down we go. And I noticed, well, there's people lined up like in the alleyway. Men, women, old, young, kids. And it didn't take too long to realize they weren't selling rugs. Right? I mean, you can imagine what they were selling. And just the, the evil, just the heaviness just overwhelmed us both. Uh, and, I mean, I'm reminded I spent a year working at the Norwalk Hospital. And you may not see that in Norwalk or Bridgeport, but we see evil. We see suffering. Um, you know, Mila and I work in Asia. Uh, I know it's a little bit confusing, but we own a home in the Philippines, so we live in the Philippines, 
but my official title is Thailand Initiative Leader. So what we're trying to do is con connect the story of God to the story of the Thai people. Right? We introduce Jesus, only 0.5% of Thais are Christian. Then we disciple new believers and start and strengthen churches with our Thai partners. But we do live in the Philippines, so kind of those of you old enough to remember Kmart, it's a blue light special, right? You buy one, you get one for free. Uh, so, and although there have been missionaries in Thailand close to 500 years, it's still 95% Buddhist, right? According to Operation World, there are over 30,000 Buddhist temples, around 250,000 monks, and only 5,000 churches, maybe 200, 250 missionaries. So how do we reach Thailand? How do we overcome this evil? And how do we shine like stars in the darkness? In Thailand is, is really what God's called us to do. But even here, there are many difficulties and misunderstandings to overcoming this evil here. So imagine what it's like in a country not founded on godly principles. What, Thai, what the Buddhists do believe are the four noble truths. I'll just go through them quickly because it's it's something I think we need to hear so we can see the change later. Truth of suffering. Everyone suffers. The Buddhist truly believes that. The truth of the cause of suffering. Right? There is a reason we suffer. Mostly it's because of our wants and our desires and holding on to things of the world. So we will suffer and there's a reason for it. But there's an end of suffering. The truth at the end of suffering and to do that, we need to cut out the root of our passions, detach from our greed, the things that hold us back, our emotions. Doing that will lead to happiness. If we can just cut out and detach, we'll get happiness. Then there's the path that leads us to the end of suffering, right? And that's finding a comfort zone, something that helps us understand ourselves better. So there are four noble truths that they believe in. In Thailand and in many places in the world, there is no idea of God. That makes what we do very difficult. A Muslim has a concept of God. A Buddhist has no idea. So that makes explaining the gospel really difficult. And also some of the most powerful tools that we take with us, even the great John 3.16, doesn't have the power that we think it does. And for me, that's one of the things that's really held Christianity back. Those 250 or so well-meaning missionaries, we haven't always really understood the culture well enough to know how offensive we were being. Everyone knows John 3.16, right? For God to love the world, that he gave his only son. Okay, we know that. So for God, when we talk about God, your computer screen in your mind, you have an idea of what Western what a Western idea of God is, right? We can bring up a description. may not be the correct description, but we'd all probably agree that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, full of compassion, love, gracious, right? We, we can name all those things. But to the Buddhist mind, nothing comes up. They have no concept of God. So from the very first word for God, right, they don't understand. So love the world. Okay, love implies attachment. Remember what I said about they're trying to be detached from the world. So this 
concept of this God that's probably cruel loves the world so much that he, he's not detaching. Right? In order to get to nirvana, you need to blow out the fires of greed and passion. So, so for God, love the world, so he's full of this unholy passion. So he's a sinner. That he gave his only son. There are three problems associated with this. First, the preexistence of Jesus Christ. There is no God, there is no Jesus. Second, the Buddhist doesn't believe in killing anything. So whoever this God thing is, he evidently is so attached to the world that he's willing to kill his own son. Therefore, he's a great sinner. So why would we honor this character? And then Jesus died such a violent death The Buddhist mentality tells them, this guy also must have been a terrible person. To suffer such a terrible death, what did he do? That whoever believes in him, well, the tie is taught from day one to only depend on himself. It's your job to make merit, to make merit for your family, to gain merit for yourself. So the concept of trusting on someone else, they just have no idea of that, nor do they really want to do that, should not perish. See, this Thai person would look at that and say, perishing from the world, it's breaking the cycle of reincarnation in nirvana. So if one believes on Jesus, then according to their worldview, they'll never get an opportunity to go to heaven they, they, and have everlasting life. Thai people believe they already have everlasting life. They're caught in the cycle of reincarnation. They've already had thousands of lives and are trying to escape everlasting life. So if someone believes in Jesus for the reason for their hope, that according to their worldview, they'll be caught forever. Right? So we know what we think John 3.16 means, but a Thai person hears it, this cruel or stupid Western God lusts after the world so much that he commits a sin by sacrificing his only son so that we'll be caught in the wheel of suffering, death and rebirth forever and ever. Right? I mean, good luck finding someone who wants that. And and, and we found that to be true. Nobody wants to buy that. So Converge has changed. Uh, Historically, Converge has really been about English schools in Bangkok and urban ministry. That's what's happened in in Thailand. But in Converge in general, give, go, and grow. Uh, Something that's changed, well, something that probably hasn't changed is catchy slogans. Right? (laughs) If you've been, however long you've been coming to a church, there's always a slogan. So I know the more things change, the more they stay the same. But the current hip thing to say is give, grow, go. Give more. Go. Invest more so that you can grow. Now, it sounds like a, I mean, Madison Avenue slogan, but it is true. Really, the goal is to help people grow in Christ, to commit more to get more involved, right? So changes, thinking about this, I'm, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and please wake up. Don't just close your eyes and go to sleep on me. But you don't, you don't have to close your eyes. But think about what you looked like when you were five years old. You got that image? What about 15? You know, those of you that are 30, right, or 50, are you the same at each age when you have that picture? No. I have a lot more belly and a lot less hair than the first time I came here. Um, and when you met me, I was single. I was, 
having treatments for bladder cancer as director of security at the Norwalk Hospital. I mean, my goal in life was to get healthy enough to play basketball you know, and live in the Philippines. I had no real concept of marriage. So then in six months, God has a greater sense of humor than anyone I know. I became a father, grandfather, and husband in six months. Right? So when you, soon after you met me and I was there, I was a single person living in a house alone with three bathrooms. Fast forward a few years, now I'm living in a house with eight other people with three last names. Right? There are lots and lots of changes in life. Lincoln Loud is a cartoon, a loud house. I live in the loud house. And, I, and that is a big change for somebody no longer 20. I mean, that is really hard sometimes. I love my family, but boy, being Lincoln Loud in the loud house is, uh, is hard. Uh, but things change. I mean, even three years ago when Converge asked us to consider transitioning to Thailand, you know, that was, that was a real opportunity to stay on the road we were on and to say, okay, we could kind of coast toward retirement. What we're training Filipinos to more effectively use sports evangelism was going well. Four regional directors. Milo was happy. We're kind of in our comfort zone. So that would have been pretty easy. But we decided to change, to take on something that who knows if we're qualified for. There's never been an initiative leader in Converge in Thailand. So it wasn't anything to have low self-esteem about. We just didn't know what it was. But we took that chance. Right? And we do change. Everybody changes. We change our job. Maybe we change churches. And lots of things change. The price of gas changes. Right? But God never does. See? So, and through it all, in those verses, we're told to stay united and value peace. Ephesians 4, 4 verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Is this a peaceful place? Or well, it's a quiet place, but, and, I, and I think it's a peaceful place. Right? I'm assuming you find this a peaceful place or you wouldn't be here uh, or, or there wherever you are in your homes. But you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be here listening, however, however you're doing that. Right? When people come through those doors, do they find this to be a peaceful place? Hope so. In the Philippines, people value politeness, smooth interpersonal relationships, so the white lie is perfectly fine. Are you coming to my house tonight? Yes. Well, maybe. Right? It's better for you to tell me, yes, you're coming, than to hurt my feelings. So that's just a white lie. Um, you know, so, so smooth interpersonal relationships, but really it's about peace. In Thailand, they want peace as well. It's a very Buddhist thing to want peace. And I think Americans want peace too. Right? Our lives are busy. There are so many things in our life that attack our peace. It doesn't matter what channel you turn on, whether it's Cartoon Network, whether it's CNN, CBS, NBC, whatever. I turn on sports radio, and I love it, but it's two guys in the afternoon yelling about New England sports. It's not very peaceful, right? Tomorrow, when I turn it on, they are not going to be happy about the draft. It, you know, and even now, we carry our, our busyness in our pocket. Our cell phones. I mean, and that's hard to turn it off, even for me. I mean, I get up early because, well, somebody in Thailand may have sent a message, and I need to reply. And then I work all day with people in the U.S., and then, well, maybe there's something that I, it's a problem that I need to solve before I go to bed. 
So I invite that busyness into my life because I just can't turn the silly cell phone off. And, and I think that's really, there are so many ways that Satan's attacking us. And really, people just want peace. I, I find that to be true more and more. And that's where community involvement comes in. Our community is not just Main Street. Our backyard now is the world. And that's a big change from when I was a kid. Again, getting back to 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, always being prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, to give the reason for your hope, gentleness and respect. People are looking for a reason to hope. We have that answer. We really do. It's not found in a book. It's not found in a home group study or a Bible study. There's no correlation between between being good at writing term papers and an effective minister of the gospel. It's not something you learn. It's it's not about your education. It's about your heart. Listening to the Holy Spirit, you're making sure we're prayerfully involved because the helper that Jesus promised us does listen. And and that is something that I've found to be, the older I get, the the more I find that to be true. The closer we walk with Jesus, the more peace we have in our life and the more effective we are in our life, the happier we are. And and that, again, our our society tells us there's one more training class, there's one more seminar, there's one more thing you have to learn, there's one more slogan. The Spirit comes in power, then the mission begins. The Holy Spirit prepares us to move in our head and our heart. And the bread is not the mission. That's something else that's really changed with Converge. We're involved in the community. We feed people. We have activities. But Jesus is the bread, not the program. I don't want to take too long. One of the greatest changes I've found in missions is just that. It isn't about whether I came in a tie. It isn't about where we live or what language we speak. It's about connecting people to Jesus. And although times have changed and the world seems like it's going faster, really the biggest change that I've found in missions is it's almost become simpler. We've been saved by grace. Not from ourselves, it's a gift of God. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, for God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Actually, it's Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. That's a big change in Converge, that we're really focused on that. We're God's handiwork. We were chosen by God, created by Jesus Christ to do good works. And God's created this in advance. We don't have to figure it out. One of the biggest things that Mile and I have been doing are connecting with churches, and I pray often, Lord, show me the churches you've already prepared that love Thailand. It's not all of them, and that's okay. You know, your focus, your vision, what God's telling you to do, maybe Africa, maybe Bridgeport, maybe I don't know, and it may not be Thailand, and that's okay. We're still brothers and sisters in this. But it's taken a lot of the pressure off of us. We don't have to come and tap dance. Right? We just lay it out. This is what God's called us to do. 
Has he called you to do it too? Okay, let's do this together. And we don't grow leaders in the classroom. We grow them on the road. And that's part of the the goal. We need to be involved. Doing brings more unity. It brings more unity in our church. It brings more unity globally. And there's joy in participating and being in the game. Sitting in church and not reaching out is the difference between going to Giant Stadium on Sunday and playing wide receiver. You can go. You can go right down 95, boom. Park your car, have a ticket, sit down, watch the game. It's wonderful. But that's much different than putting on a helmet and playing linebacker, right? Or playing wide receiver. And it's the same thing here. You can drive in, put a couple of bucks in the plate, sit down, hear a great message, right? And then go home and call, <laughs> call sports radio and complain about what's happening at church. I mean, <laughs> well, I can't believe the pastor said that, or I can't believe he didn't say this, right? It's about making a commitment. It's about getting in the game. And I think that is a change in missions. It isn't just the church supports XYZ missionaries or XYZ projects. Now I'm here to say, it's up to you. What are you doing? What has God called you to do? Right? It's time to pick up a bat and take your swing. It's different than just going to Yankee Stadium and saying Red Sox stink. Right? I mean, well, hopefully you don't say that. I mean, up in Boston we say another word, but we are in church. <laughs> yes, yeah, good. We are alive. Right? So everyone should be going, doing, giving. Right? We learn, about, learn more about God and ourselves. Right? If your faith isn't growing, if you feel stale, if you don't have excitement, then I say serve more, give more. The answer isn't going to be found in a book. It's going to be found doing something with people here at Trinity. That's what it's about. A Buddhist has eternal life. They seek peace. They need Jesus in their heart. But it's the same thing with people living here. We seek peace. We need Jesus in our heart, not just in our head. Right? But in your heart, revered Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks. Give the reason for the hope you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. That's hard, even in church, even among Christians. It is so easy to hurt each other. It is so easy to feel hurt in church. And then I don't know how many churches... Mile and I passed between here and Milford, Massachusetts, but a lot. So I get hurt here, so I just go down the road five miles. Well, but somehow I get hurt there. Well, they're not any good either. So I go someplace else and not any good either. Maybe I never figure out every church that's perfect is suddenly unperfect the minute I show up. Right? I mean, that's kind of the problem. If I'm getting my feelings hurt here and there and everywhere, well, all the pastors can't be bad. All right? But that's a sermon for another day. Here in the West, we use logic. Here are all the reasons this is a good deal for you. Instead of bearing witness to Christ, we present an argument. Christianity, the doctrine, a system of thoughts and practices, that's one thing. But it doesn't take very much to say, I was blind and now I see. That's the simplicity of, of the gospel. The big change in missions is we're going back old school, back to the future. New Testament church. The church in Ephesus, as you read about in Ephesians, there was no missions committee. There was no special board. 
the early church missions wasn't a special work. It was just part of it. That's what people did. Right? Same in the Thai church that we're trying to develop. We share the good news and then tell them to share the good news. Yeah, that's something we struggle with. Different educational pathways. And that's true. How do you train leaders? How do you train pastors? How do you mentor them? But there's also the simplicity of, okay, you've accepted Jesus. Now go share it with your friends. I mean, you could learn in a book that the most effective people that are witnessing are new Christians. They're so excited because they can feel the change in their life. If you've been a Christian a while, maybe it's easy to forget what life was like before. But those newbies, they're excited. So that's what we're doing. Communities of Jesus, followers who regularly meet with the idea of making disciples. Very simple. House church, cell church, lots of different words for it. But it really is that simple. Just like in the, in the old times, when the gospel spread. We know a gospel movement is locally led, eventually locally resourced. They have their own theology. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get out of the way. When I went to the Philippines, sorry to say that we probably had set up little kingdoms. I mean, I won't say the names, but you had this family that had been there forever, right? And we plant the mother church, and we have daughter churches, but the minute that person leaves, what happens? Or then they can't leave because in their heart they know, the minute I leave, this crumbles. So maybe I want to go. Or my wife says, it's time to go home with the grandchildren, but I stay. Or the leaders that I say I'm raising, they're just waiting for me to die or go home. Right? If we're raising up leaders, people that have the leadership gene need to lead. So if I identify you as a leader and I say I'm going to pour my life into you, but I'm not going to get out of the way and let you lead, you're either going to get disappointed or you're going to go someplace else and lead. So a big, big change is we're coming in with a posture of learning. Right? So we're coming in to be side by side with our Thai partners, empower and equip them. Church is about relationship. Well, we know that. Um, and that's what we're doing in Thailand. A change in the community starts with a change in us. Right? There is a reason for, the, for our hope, and that's Jesus. And it's really that simple. Right? The best way to reach people with the gospel in Norwalk or Chiang Rai is to share the hope we have. God is gracious, loving, compassionate. Right? We take advantage of the opportunities we have to express his grace and love with gentleness and respect. Then we let the Holy Spirit work. Yeah, that's something that's really, that I've really learned the last year or two. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Yes, we pray, we read our Bible, we get as close to God as we can, and then we listen. We just listen. And we look at the whole Harry Blackaby idea, see where God's working and join him there. I mean, that's really profound. Right? It always starts with prayer, in our heart and in our head. Be filled with knowledge, the knowledge of God. We do need to be prepared. Right? Be prepared to give an answer when we're asked. That takes some preparation. Right? Wow, your life is different. How come? You have to have an answer. You have to have thought about that. Right? Be strengthened with all power. Be ready to share. Right? The name of Jesus should be on the tip of our tongues. Just ready to share. Because I bet if you really tuned in and paid attention... There are lots of opportunities that people are going to ask you about Jesus. 
But most of the time, even me, I don't see them. Because I'm on my phone. Or I'm worried about, you know, who's going to play left field for the Red Sox. Or I'm planning my next event. Or I've got coached fifth grade basketball. There's always something. You know, slow down. We use technology. I think Tim Spears probably talked a lot about that last year. That's a big change. We use technology. We're more focused. And we're trying to do it together. Here in the Northeast District of Converge, I love what Tim Ponzani's doing. If you don't know Tim or if you've seen Tim, he's really trying to get churches working together to support missionaries or global workers now coming out of the district. And it's just, I'm honored to be a part of that. Shotanis, Martin, the Ameses. And again, I'm here to talk about change a little bit. But the Ameses, if you haven't heard from them lately, that's old school. They've got a flannel board, and they've got pictures, you know, and, and it's really, maybe it just shows that I'm getting older, but I love that, right? There was just something really, like, that spoke to me that, you know, and it, it, it isn't crooked, right? And Karen's saying, John, straighten the picture, you know, and it's, if you know them, you understand what I mean, and, and if you don't, well, if you get an opportunity to hear the Ameses speak about Africa, they are so passionate, you talk about a change, it wasn't that long ago that folks in their 60s, pushing 70, would be chosen to go back to a place like Africa. They had a very successful ministry as pastor and pastor's wife up in Mass, and they gave that up to go back to training Africans. I just think that's a wonderful change in the way we think about missions. And I just am honored to be part of Converge Northeast that gets behind that. Um, so being respectful and giving thanks. Right? So we give more, we go, we invest more, and we grow together. Right? If you don't feel like you're growing, well then serve, jump in, do more. I don't believe God's called any of us to come here today and just sit. Right? If you go to whatever you go to a concert, you go to a ball game, you don't just sit, right? You clap, you get excited, you get angry, you leave talking about whatever it is, right? And you go to the movies, you, you, you throw yourself into it. It's an escape. So do that with church, not escape. You don't want to come here to escape. You want to come here to get involved, right? And, it, and, it, and it's, uh, I'm struggling to really find the right word. Because it's simple, right? And it isn't logical. There almost isn't anything I can say to convince you. Either you feel it or you don't, right? With our heart and our head, if you want to have a word from God, you need to have a word with God. So relationship with Jesus brings peace in Thailand and Bridgeport and the African nations and Fairfield County. My challenge for you today don't wait. Make the change now. Right? Jump into the deep end of serving today. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in Fairfield County. I thank you for what you're doing in Thailand. I thank you for so many of the great gifts you've given us. Lord, challenge us today. For those who are 
standing on the side of the pool with our toe in the, in the water. Lord, help us to take a running start, jump in the deep end yelling, cannonball. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for that message. Um, my dad always used to say when I was in youth group, and he would say, hey, can you do this for youth group, or can you do that? And I'd be like, oh, I don't want to. And he'd be like, whether you want to or not doesn't really matter. Just show up and see what God does. He'd say, just show up. And, you know, you, that can be taken to an unhealthy level, I think. Um, but, like, the showing up, every time I was like, oh, and I would just show up, like, God showed up, and that was incredible um, and so humbling. Um, yeah, anyways, let's stand and sing, okay?
seated. Church, that is our that is our purpose to go and tell the world about Jesus, about what he's done, about who he is, and about what he does in our lives and in the lives of the people of this world, the object of his love, this world. There are a few things we want you to be aware of toward that end. First of all, today is wrapping up our GO conference, our global outreach conference, Uh, but certainly that doesn't mean that our purpose and our mission in thinking about how God is sending people out and working around the world ends. That will continue beyond today. But one way that we want to mark this special time that we've had together is to have a barbecue outside to just share a meal and to continue to worship the Lord and fellowship together. So we invite all of you to join us out back behind the church on the patio. We'll be uh, grilling some burgers, hot dogs, some veggie burgers. Um, anyway, uh, and, uh, and we hope you'll join us for that. Also want to let you know that one of the kind of experiences we tried to do together this past couple of weeks was to raise support for Hopeline. Hopeline is sending supplies over to uh, the Ukraine for mothers and for uh, children who are in an orphanage. And so the, the finances that we were going to raise through the Wooly Beard Challenge was going to help us send those supplies over to, uh, to, to the Ukraine. But surprise, we had a, a blessing of an opportunity that was before us um, King's Industries, uh, a company that uh, Josh Kenny, one of our elders, works at, is actually uh, sending a, a uh, shipping container over to their partners in, does anyone remember? Poland. Poland. And they're connecting with a local church there in Poland that's going to smuggle these supplies across the border and into the Ukraine. And specifically, uh, there were somewhere over 12, 13 boxes. 16 boxes that we have sent that will all go to an orphanage there in the Ukraine. Uh, and, and basically it was sent yesterday. We, we dropped it off, they loaded it up in the shipping container and it was ready to go. So uh, that's very cool, that's very practical. So the, the money that we raised through this challenge is gonna go toward Hope Lines support and, and provision for those young moms who are uh, find themselves in a place where they need supplies to, 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 to not just welcome their child into this world, but to raise their child and provide for their child, whether it's food, counseling, clothing, uh, other resources that are available for them. So thank you all for, for going in that opportunity and providing an opportunity for the gospel to be heard, whether it's through locally through Hopeline or internationally through the church that's there in Poland who is going to help smuggle these things across the border into Ukraine uh, for these children that are in the orphanage. So awesome work there. I'm, I'm excited by that. You know, uh, one other quick thing, actually there's going to be two quick things, but one quick thing I want to let you know about so you can mark in your calendar. This Wednesday night at 7.30, Pastor Moses, I'm looking at you, 7.30, is that thumbs up? 7.30, we are gathering together as a church downstairs in the patio room for prayer. This community of faith needs prayer. Would you agree with that? We need prayer for God to give us wisdom and direction and encouragement and, and to, to give us greater unity as a church body. And so when, uh, this Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the month, we're gathering together at 7.30 downstairs in the patio room for a time of prayer. It's an hour-long service. We'll, we'll, we'll come together. We'll read scripture. Pastor Moses will lead us in a song. And then we'll just spend that hour praying together. So 
would you make it a point to mark that in your calendar and, if, and, and spend this time with us, whether you can be there in person or not? Uh, join us. We'd love for you to join us in praying that God would stir among us, move among us, and guide us as a church family. Lastly, before I give the benediction, uh, I want to make us aware of something that uh, goes on here at Trinity. You know, these flags that are adorned around the, the sanctuary, first of all, we have um, a Filipino flag here, as well as a Ukraine flag. That's new this week. Both of those are new this Sorry. It's new this week. I'm having some trouble with my mic. Just, it's, not the, it's not the booth. It's me. It's my, my lack of beard is making it sit funny on my face. Um, yeah, I'm growing it back. Don't you worry. Uh, Tara covers my face up now and says, oh, there you are, Dan. Uh, Anyway, uh, the way we support the missionaries that we are supporting is through a special budget separate from our general offering called the Faith Promise. Now, that sounds a little bit different to us. What is a Faith Promise? Well, we've got a little video clip that we want to share with you that kind of explains it. So let's watch that, then I'll come back up and share the benediction with us. So if you decide that you want to make that commitment, that is, as the video shows, between you and God. But you can designate that money whether you give online or as you uh, give through any of the um, generosity boxes here in the, off in the church building or if you give on, uh, by mailing your check to the office. Just designate Faith Promise in the note on a check or if you give online, you can actually select Faith Promise online. And that's a separate budget from our operating costs 
It's an invitation for us to be mindful, to be prayerful, to be intentional about what we believe God has put on our heart to give regularly throughout the year. This is not a one-time commitment. This is a commitment that we want to make with God for the upcoming year, for the, 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 the year that we're in. And next year, we're going to invite you to prayerfully consider a new commitment that God is, is putting on your heart to give. But all of this is directly going to support our ministries, separate from our general offering fund. So uh, we want to make you aware of that, because that's an invitation for you to participate uh, in the missions as well. And again, one more reminder, another way for you to participate in missions is to join us outside for the barbecue after the service. So I'm going to invite you to do that. So would you stand as we close this morning's service? Uh, Rick and Myla, thank you guys for being here. I realized I spoke too soon. God does have them doing a new thing in the Thailand Initiative, and so thank you for sharing with us about that. Church, here is our, our, our benediction, but it's not from me, it's from uh, Jesus. Jesus in Acts chapter 1 says this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Church, go Give and grow. Amen. Go in peace. I knew you guys were going to. I just, I.